0: Good evening. Good evening. You can be seated. My name is Mark Campbell. I'm the pastor of men here. Campfires can be sacred places. Something happens when you stand around a campfire and enjoy company and conversation. It's natural. I don't know if it's the darkness or the fire or the fact that there's heat involved and people pull in or if it's folks standing around the fire staring into the flames. Something happens. It's organic. And it generally turns to deep conversation and that's where sacred comes in i got to stand around a campfire last night was in my home we enjoyed a meal with my son his friend my wife and it got a little cold last night we went out to the fire and it was natural and organic and it turned deep which meant it became sacred things were shared i'll never forget about a month ago i got to stand around a real campfire give it up for effort i hope i don't get burned by the fire and last month we stood around this fire this is 25 to 30 feet those small pieces of wood at the bottom are sheets of plywood i think we have a video of it boom this is before 300 high schoolers get out of their boats and come up and gather around this fire And I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine, Ife, that was around that fire as we closed the camp in prayer. Would you welcome Ife? You remember that fire? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We enjoyed many great deep conversations around that hill and that night around that fire. And what a privilege it is for me to have you read our text tonight from Genesis chapter 3. And would you just listen to the narrative of my friend and now your friend Ife reminds us of what I call the hinge of scripture.
1: Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock. And all the wild animals, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enemy between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heels to the woman. He said, I will greatly increase your pain in childbearing with pain. You will give birth to children. You desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree above which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you will you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return adam named his wife eve because she would become the mother of all the living the lord god made garments of skin for adam and his wife and clothed them and the lord god said the man has now become like one of us knowing good and evil he must not be allowed to reach Out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever so the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken after he drove the man out he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden cherubims and flaming swords flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life
0: father what a colossal of scripture everything broke and we are still in the midst of recovering thank you for ife thank you for um, sacred campfire talks and Lord there is enough in this chapter for us to spend a year in have your way with my tongue these are your children and you have something supernatural for them Through the context with which we stand, post-fall, you call us forward. Teach us how to be who you created us to be from the beginning in chapter 2. In your son's holy name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. Thank you, Ife. (laughs) Well, if you weren't here last week, Danny talked about chapter 2, an amazing reality God forms man from the earth squeezed him out of the soil breathed life into him but it says that it was not good for man to be alone it really in the Hebrew means separated it is not good for us humans to be separated in context man to be alone so he made a helper an easer say that with me an easer If you're sitting next to a woman, lean over and say, you're an easer. Not a weezer, an easer. It's an amazing word. It means crafted, not squeezed out of the soil. Designed. It's the same word that God uses to design and build the temple. Intricate. Involved. Detailed. Complex. All the married men said, oh, yeah she's special and she came as a helper in the hebrew the word is actually the same word that god uses when he comes in and rescues israel in battle she comes alongside the lonely man as the easer as a completer to in a sense rescue him amazing and here is adam with a naked easer (laughs) man Walking with God in Eden. I can't even imagine. And then as we just heard the narrative, everything shifts. Imagine a serpent comes up and engages Eve and says, you know, did God really? Isn't that how the enemy works subtly? Is this really true? Did he really Say that is God really even real? And she, he says to the Eve, to Eve, hey, I think God could be holding out on you. He's just afraid you'll become like him. There's something more. There's something greater. So Eve, with Adam watching, goes and does the one thing, the one thing that Yahweh, God, said not to do she tastes the fruit and Adam does as well and it's an amazing piece of scripture because as God comes back to engage and draw near and walk with Adam and Eve they hide and God says it's amazing Adam now this is the creator of all living things of the soil of man and woman of the universe of wind of fire all omnipresent in everything in every place in charge of everything, says, Adam, Eve, where are you? If you've raised small children, I have some great Instagrams. I file great Instagrams from my friends who have little children. And they love to post the children hiding. You know what I'm saying? In the hamper, right, feet coming out the top, whatever. Hiding behind a book. And Adam says, I'll play along, or God says, I'll play along, where are you? And the text is very revealing because it says Adam and Eve were frightened. They were frightened. All of a sudden, they're frightened of the creator. And God says, why are you wearing fig leaves? (laughs) And they say, we're naked. Who told you you were naked? It makes me emotional. Because we were created to be open, vulnerable. Honest, pure, good, one, with each other and with God, intimate, close, no shame. Who told you? You were naked. Adam, in one of the most punkish moves in scripture, says... (laughs) That woman (laughs) puts the woman on trial. Watch this. And then God, that you gave me. (laughs) That's the triangulation. Hello, politics. And God says to Eve, what happened? It was the serpent. And then the curse, the fall. We call it the wrath of God, the consequence of us doing what God said not to do. And to the serpent, he says, look, You're going to scrounge around throughout human history. You're going to slither around. And there will be division between you and humanity. And between Adam and Eve's seed, there will be division. But through that broken seed, there will be one who comes and crushes your skull. We know that to be Christ. Amazing prophecy. But in the context of the fall, it's there will be enmity. There will be division between the seed, humans, and you. We are born with an enemy. Those little pictures of my friends, Instagrams, little children, have an enemy. From the womb on, there's an enemy of our souls. One who wants to divide, shred, take apart everything that God's been trying to put together. There is corruption, war, crime. There is a fall. There is a reality. We are born with. With enemies. I drove up through the boulevard and I found three enemies. One cut me off, didn't even look. Right? As he cut me off, I just slowed down and he reminded me out of the window with his middle finger that I'm number one in his life. (laughs) Life is hard. We have enemies. We have political enemies. We have governmental enemies. Enemies. We have nations and people groups that hate us. We have people that are driving by the freeway now and hate the people that are in this building and they've never met one of us. We have enemies. And to the woman, he says, it's going to hurt now when you give birth. We have the lovely Miss Amy Williams who's about ready to pop. <laughs> Amy, if you're in the room, hate to tell you, it's going to hurt. And you can thank Adam and Eve for that. And then he says, I'm going to put desire in your heart to the woman. The word is teshuka. Say it with me teshuka. It's an overwhelming desire to consume every part of your man, to be in every piece of his business. Married guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's teshuka. It's only used three times in the Old Testament. Danny's going to talk about the second time next week. Seriously. It is a word that means your man will consume, your longing will be for him and everything about him. I love to hear the women in the cafe talking about their husbands. They've been away from them for five hours and they are still talking about them. There's a consuming and it's a nurturing consumption. It can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. And it says your desire will be for him, but he will rule. Hebrew, he will control you. He will drive you nuts. <laughs> it came from the chapter three, the hinge of scripture. We have a great picture of that reality. I think some of you might have seen it on the internet. This is the best wedding picture ever taken. Says Yahoo about a month ago. This is, I think, it's in Kansas. This is a legitimate shoot after a wedding. They have no idea there is a tornado behind them. <laughs> the photographer hit pay dirt next picture they're kissing and the tornado is approaching closer our friend who led worship tonight clay Bassard, are you here and you in the room yell out yeah he's behind stage he's getting married in two weeks clay brother there is a tornado a <laughs> coming it's called genesis three and then to the man he says three things to the man he says now, the earth is cursed. It's going to produce thistles and weeds and sticks. The planet's going to break. We think global warming's a brand new thing. Just because we figured out how to record weather 80 years ago, it's been happening since Genesis 3. Hot, cold, tsunamis, tornadoes, hurricanes, thunderstorms, earthquakes. The planet is cursed. And you, my friend Adam, will now have to work to eat and it's gonna be hard and you're gonna sweat and at the end you'll return to the soil they'll not much will come from your efforts I just met two friends we have a friend uh, I think his name is Michael he graduated from the Salvation Army a couple uh, years ago are you here Michael right there right in the front give it up for Michael Michael came to Dawn Patrol through a certain season last year, men's ministry, and then he got a job. And I said, Michael, how are you? What are you doing here? You're supposed to be working. He says, no, I quit my job. I said, why? He said, because it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Genesis 3. But he's got a new job. He starts in a week. A good job, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I hate to tell you, but that job's going to be tough, too. Because of Genesis 3. But the beautiful piece in the whole text, and I think most of us missed it, and it is in chapter 3, verse 21. It's dark. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Because the woman has a curse. The man has a curse. We have enemies and evil on the planet because of the fall. The biggest thing that breaks is the relationship between man and God. Everything breaks. But in chapter 3, verse 21, the Lord God, Yahweh, made garments of skin for Adam and his wife Eve, and he clothed them. He covered them. The first sacrifice recorded in Scripture. Interesting, the first religious movement was a few verses ago when they covered themselves, religion is man, trying to make himself presentable to God. The first religious act, covering with fig leaves. And God said, those look ridiculous. I'm going to give you some fur. And sincerely, blood was shed. The first sacrifice to cover their shame. Why? Because he loved them. He loved them. And as hard as work is for us and relationships are for us and watching the planet spin seemingly out of control, as hard as that is, it's harder for God because we were his favorite and are his favorite. Creation. But we broke it. We broke it. We are from the seed of Adam. He sacrificed the first animal and he covered their shame. Blood must run. Then he starts something called covenants. He makes a covenant with Abraham. God does. Abraham, your faith I can work with. I'm going to make a covenant. I'm going to make a deal. I'm going to be your God. And you're going to be my guy, and you're going to have to become circumcised. There's got to be a cut. Blood must flow. It's a deal. And through you and your descendants, I will redeem the world. I am going to make everything come back to Genesis 2. Then he makes a covenant later with Moses. And he says, Moses, if you and your people do this, I will do this. I will be your God. You'll be my people. It's a blood covenant covenant. Then he makes a covenant with David. These are the major covenants in scripture. Through your house, David, I will bring the redeemer, the Messiah. And then 2000 years ago, 4000 years from Genesis 3, Jesus shows up out of Nazareth as the lamb of God and lives a perfect life among us. Look at this. God with us, John 1 dwelt among us remember genesis 2 god walked with adam and eve jesus walked dwelt tabernacled with mankind why because he loves us and then he became that perfect spotless sacrifice not to cover watch this to cleanse every year there had to be a covering leviticus 1 blood had to flow fathers uncles grandfathers slaughter the lamb the bird the chicken the lizard make something bleed as an atonement a covering but christ came and ushered in the new covenant once and done jeremiah and ezekiel i will remember your sins no more as far as the west is from the east i will remember your sins no more amen i will be your god you will be my people we then will become one. I will place my spirit in your heart and give you new hearts. Ichad. Oneness restored. If, if we believe that. It's an amazing thing. Look at what that reality does. It's a whole new reality. Not to cover, but to cleanse. New hearts, redeemed, bought with a price. Adopted, reconciled back to God and back to each other. Set free from the fall. No more fear. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 puts it this way. Jot it down, look it up later. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation, Genesis 2, God created. Now there's a new creation, a new covenant has come. The old has gone, the new is here. We forget that. We oftentimes drive down the boulevard, get cut off, and live like there's no new creation. We still exist in the fall for some reason. We don't take Apostle Paul's words and say, I press on, laying aside yesterday, reaching for tomorrow, living with Christ now in a new covenant relationship, redeemed, reconciled. If you are in Christ, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He's made us now ambassadors of reconciliation. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are now, therefore, this is who we are. We are not fallen uh, beings lumbling around in fur coats looking for fig leaves hiding from God. We are now reconciled and we are, therefore, God's our Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal to humans through us. Paul says, We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know what's amazing is when people deny the freedom and the reconciliation that comes through faith in Christ, they deny it. They would rather stay in chapter 3. All of the Old Testament, chapter 4 on, all the way to the first gospel, Matthew, is God begging his people to be atoned. I will send a savior. I will make a new creation and bring everything back into completion 2,000 years ago. We're going to get to tomorrow and yesterday with the frustrations of the fall that we live in today. All through the Old Testament, I will atone. There will be a day when that will be gone. There will be a new creation, a new game in play. That day has come, but we don't take the reconciliation. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Well, what's that mean for us that still live in the context of the fall? Because we are still living in the context of the fall. We're in the age of grace in the church, but we still have the ramifications of the fall. Anybody look at the news today? Frightening. Frightening. We still have enemies. We are still in the context of the fall. We still have corruption. We were. Uh, my wife and I were uh, uh, on a bike ride yesterday we love riding bicycles. It's one of the things we love to do and we stumbled upon a little yard sale in Alameda and there was a box full of political buttons all the way back from 1930. Every side of the aisle. Reagan, Bush, uh, Ike, Clinton, Gore, Bush, Cheney, all the buttons. (laughs) It's amazing. Nixon. I bought a bunch of buttons just to give people that I know it's going to (laughs) upset. Christmas is coming. And I go up to the lady, and I say, how much for the buttons? She liked us. She says, take the buttons for free. I said, you're kidding. This is a lot of, you know, somebody's got to be collecting these things. And I said, you know what's amazing is this whole box of names, all of it, Ross Perot, every people that didn't get elected, Jerry Brown's in there for president, all these guys. These guys are part of why we are here today. But see, we just blame the guy in office now or in our context. We still live in corruption in broken systems, in broken weather, in broken relationships. But if we are reconciled to Christ and we become ambassadors of reconciliation, we don't have to have an enemy. I prayed for that guy, and I said to myself, thanks for making me number one in your life. (laughs) I don't have to get twisted up over it. I spoke at a men's breakfast Saturday, and a guy was very angry with me at the end because I'm kind of an organic uh, evangelist. I love... People, whether they're sinners, straight, tall, not straight. I love people because God made them and he sent his son to die for everybody on the stinking planet. And that kind of twisted him up a little bit. Because I said that someday America won't be on the planet because I read Acts 17. And I know that God loves America and I know that he loves Mexico. Mexico. Because there's souls in both pieces of dirt. Are you with me? Not only when we send mission teams to Mexico, but when they swim across the border, God says, will somebody lead them to Christ? And some people say, well, if they have a green card. That twisted up my friend. And he came over, gave me uh, a lot of grief. About eight or nine guys around him were embarrassed. They are embarrassed for him. And in five minutes, I said, you know, you're very articulate. You're well-spoken. Where did you learn to talk like that? And he said, the Air Force. I flew sorties in World War II. Ah. He's passionate. He almost died for this country that I get to stand on this stage and proclaim Christ. And I hugged him. And I squeezed him tight. And I whispered into his ear, thank you. inflated him see he wanted an enemy the whole thing changed we don't have to have an enemy if we are ambassadors of reconciliation amen Amen. check this out chapter two of ephesians for he himself is our peace who has made the two christ himself is our peace who has made two people groups one and has destroyed the barrier paul's writing this who was in prison going to do a death sentence because he allegedly walked over the wall that separated the Jew from the Gentile in the temple. And he's in prison for this. And he says, no, 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 there is no more Jew-Gentile. There is no more black-white. There is no more short-tall. Praise God. <laughs> there is no more two. If you're in Christ, there's a new one. There's a new creation. And when two become one, there's peace. There's no animosity. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations which divided people, he purpose he, his purpose was to create himself a new humanity out of the two, thus make this is scripture, thus making peace, Genesis 2, a new one. Isn't that beautiful? Look at this picture we have in uh, Israel. I believe it was Israel. I think this is the next picture. This is my friend Terry Cruz. That's a Palestinian Arab Muslim bus driver. We're literally stealing his bus right here in Israel. Look how happy he is. On the phone with his wife why is he on the phone with his wife because we said call your wife can we pray for your wife we cried with him prayed with him loved him and you turn on cnn and cnn and they tell us that he hates us no see when the holy spirit shows up and people understand that there are ministers of reconciliation wild stuff happens we have a new conflict in israel right have you heard about it it's a big deal It's an appropriate time for me to announce that I'm uh, taking a trip in two years from now, fall 16. If you want to (laughs) have information on it, email me at amy, A-M-Y. Email me directly at amy at the number three crosses dot org. Sincerely, it's going to be a great trip. We already have full. But there's a conflict right now, and it started when three Jewish boys were kidnapped and killed. Tragic, 19-year-old boys by crazy people. And then two or three days later, some crazy people on the other side. Of the wall. Took an Arab boy and killed him. Tragic. It is evil, Genesis 3, at its highest level. But what we don't hear is the fathers of the three Jewish boys traveled into the West Bank in an Arab neighborhood to hug and comfort the Palestinian family who lost the one son. Reconciliation. That's a hard news article to find. See, what sells is destruction, division, enemies. That man was exposed to the spirit of God, the Arab man, and his world was blown open. I can't wait to find out who those three Jewish people fathers were because in my heart of hearts, I would put money on that they are followers of Yahweh. He's reconciled two into one. Woman, men relationships, the Teshuka. Now we have Ephesians 5.18. We are full of the Holy Spirit, says Paul. Now men can actually love their easers. And women can actually, who, who are dri- getting driven nuts by their husbands and men and their sons and just men in general, can actually respect husbands. And there's this beautiful step of oneness that happens I mentioned a bike ride yesterday my wife and I spent a full day in Alameda it's our favorite thing to do Uh, it was one of the first things we fought about as a married couple I raced bicycles tight pants clip-in shoes water bottles and one of our first dates we weren't even married I wanted to take my wife on a bike ride to teach her how to ride and to show her how fast I could go you know how us guys are you know what I'm saying She shows up with a glass bottle of Perrier in a Sunday newspaper. Young people, we used to have newspapers. We'd cut trees down, shave them up thin, and the news (laughs) would be on there. It'd be about six days late, but we'd get it. And the the blanket and uh, a tent, and she'd stop at cows. We went out at Coal Canyon and dogs and puppies. It took us six and a half hours to go a mile and a half. (laughs) I'm serious. Tashuka, she was driving me nuts. It took me 15 years. 15 years to go on a bike ride her way. And I realize she's an easer. She completes me. It took us, let's see, we left yesterday about 10 in the morning. We got home at 6. It took us eight hours to stop at three restaurants, two yard sales, one coffee shop, and go about a mile and a half. (laughs) Yesterday was about the best day of my summer. Because... Of Ephesians 5 because I live in the context of the fall but I've chosen to look at my wife as 1 Peter says and honor her and value her and look at the father and say thank you for the things that used to drive me nuts and she has always laid a foundation of respect for me she shot me a text before I came up here I'm you. And God, through his Holy Spirit, is bringing two completely different people. And I'm a freak of nature. Pray for my wife. (laughs) I have to go home with her. I get to wake up with a flower she wakes up with. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Who knows? But we're becoming one. And to the man, I don't have to go to work for work. Look at this picture. I don't go to work just for work. I think we have a next picture. This is Michael. Michael's my neighbor. If you're in men's ministry, you know Michael. This was a picture from our men's retreat. Michael came to the Lord. I've lived next door to Michael. He was 15 years old. He's now 40 years old. And he went and chased the world, and he fell on hard times, and he's back living at home. And I, the great organic evangelist, have lived next to Michael for his entire life and never, ever, ever was able to minister to him or really, frankly, most of my neighbor's. And it was always kind of a burden. When I drive by the house, we never really had an effect on Michael. What happened? What happened? He came to our house for New Year's Eve. And we had a great dinner, sat around the fire. And the next day after New Year's Eve, he came up to me and he says, hey, you prayed last night. It was kind of weird. You looked up to the heavens and talked to God. Yeah. Why? And I'm thinking, oh, big moment. Get to lead him to Christ. (laughs) Minister of Reconciliation. And he said well because you know i don't know if you notice but i'm on my back deck flipping tarot cards yeah been flipping them for about 20 years yeah well about a year ago i kept flipping the same rotation me the fool and then the scroll card and then the bird card which is spirit so i started reading all kinds of spiritual literature Quran, hindu and i went down to a used bookstore and bought an old king james bible had to have a dictionary out on Wikipedia. Man, that old King James can't speak English. <laughs> and he says, so I start reading, I get to the Gospels, I get down on my knees, and I accept the Lord into my heart. And old King James teaches me how to pray on my knees, and you just looked up to heaven. Can you teach me how to pray? Amazing. God is reconciling the world he comes to the men's retreat and i say everybody say hi to michael michael's my neighbor if you're in men's ministry you've heard that story and then all of a sudden big salsa sam stands up in the front and says dude in front of 250 guys i used to bully you all of third grade <laughs> and michael says yeah i remember <laughs> look at the next picture and old salsa sam says would you forgive me in front of my brothers oneness God is reconciling people to himself and causing us to be ministers of reconciliation. Why would you want to live any other way? And at work, I don't go to work anymore for work. Look at work. This next one. I think. This is Joe Blackman's garage. If you go down to Auto House, which is right behind a nice bar that my friend on the right used to frequent often. This gentleman on the right is named Robert White, and he was part of my first religious experience as a young man. Eighth grade, I stole a bus from a church, First Press, and we crashed it, Rob White and I, and two other knuckleheads, into the back of now Trader Joe's. My first religious experience. (laughs) Robert White, on the way to your houseboat trip, accepts the Lord. I just texted him. Robert, are you here? He's on a date tonight because he's 36 days sober today. One day after he accepted the Lord on the way to your houseboat trip this is we go to Joe Blackman's work and this guy on the right is Matt Brown it's an amazing Joe Black and Robert White and Robert White walks in and goes Brown Black White look at the close-up look at the next picture look at the face See, he's now got a new community. Back to the last picture. He's got a new community. And Joe Blackman's phone's ringing. He's not answering it. Joe Blackman's understanding that this is reconciliation. I need to meet Mr. White, and I need to be a part of his transformation. Because Joe Black and Matt Brown are agents of reconciliation. And he wanted to meet Mr. White. Mr. White gets to have a new community. Next picture at work was, I think, a guy installing our coffee. That's his, this is a, what's his name? Do we remember his name? Cafe Four people? Calf? Are you here? What's his name? Let's go with, let's go with uh, Sam. How Does he look like a Sam? Yeah. Sam shows up. He's cutting the countertop in because we got this new kegerator. We have kefir and my, uh, nitro brew on tap, which is a cold press, which is why I won't sleep till about tomorrow. Woo-hoo! <laughs> it's an amazing little nitro cold press brew. Looks like a Guinness, but it's coffee. Don't get nervous, religious people. So he's cutting the countertop. And what's Cafe Four do? Start taping plastic. Let's make your, look at his face. Why would we go to work just for work? Why wouldn't we wanna win him through kindness? Romans four, kindness causes repentance. We blessed him, we gave him coffee. We rubbed his shoulders, we vacuumed up his dust. We sheetrocked his stuff. We wiped the thing for him. We kicked him out on the way, give us hugs. Can we have lunch together? We don't go to work as men in the curse. It's gonna be sweaty. It's gonna be hard. You don't go to work at Amazon for the postage. You go to work for the people. Because you're a minister, my friend, of reconciliation. And everybody that goes to work, you don't go for the job. Does your job suck, everybody on 3123? Yes. (laughs) Genesis 3. You go for the people. And how about the planet? Talking to somebody in the the, uh, men's corner this morning. How's surfing? Flat like a lake. Why? There's no storms. All the storms are back east. I haven't skied for two years. That's because the planet's broken. Yeah, it's global warming. Well, Genesis 3 gets cold, gets hot. There's farming records on Greenland, which is like 100 feet under snow right now. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Cornfields were blowing up because of of fire and heat in 1835. The the driest recorded by the growth rings on the redwood trees when you cut them down or oak trees in California was about 100 years ago. Didn't rain a drop for four years because of the growth rings. Huh, you don't read that in the news? Yeah, the planet broke in Genesis 3. Is it getting warmer? Yes. Is God fixing it? Yes. So why worry? He loves the planet. Recycle? Yes. Be wise? Absolutely. He created all of it and loves it. People more than dirt. But he is bringing the planet back under reconciliation as well. And how about the relationship with God? He's reconciling that as well. Ephesians 2, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. That's how you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, Genesis 3. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, Genesis 3, the little snake, the enemy. We all followed the enemy. All of us were, by nature, children of wrath, dead. But God, verses 4. Because he loved us so much and who was so rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Amen. And here is when it matters. Is that good enough for you? Adam and Eve. I got everything there is, but there's one thing he's holding out on. I thought I'd be married by now. I thought this job would be the job. I thought my college debt would be done by now. I thought I would be married by now and have children by now. And I had children and I thought they'd be better children. And the list goes on. And God doesn't hear my cry. And we sit with that reality of the new covenant. And not the covering, but the washing. And the new covenant reconciliation that we can leave this building and then the freedom but what consumes me oftentimes and us i believe i'm not alone is what we don't have and what we're not and so we sit just like adam and eve if i had another fifteen thousand dollars a year i would tithe if that person would say i'm sorry i would forgive See, the tragedy of the context that we live in is just like the tragedy of Genesis 3 we're human so we default to there's just one more thing oftentimes that sacrifice it's good enough with our speech but not with our actions we're going to take communion It's the ceremony, it's a sacred ceremony that Christ ushered in the new covenant. It's where he says, my blood's gonna be shed to pay for you and to set you free. And every time you come together and every time you enjoy a meal, remember that you don't have to live alone. You don't have to be separated alone from god you can have a new heart a new shot at life a new found freedom because my spirit says jesus will enter your soul if you trust me if you trust the sacrifice and in second corinthians chapter three four five and six we experience freedom and what we're free is to be like christ ministers of reconciliation not free to come around and suck our thumb wearing fig leaves when God's got a fur coat for us. Father, as we enjoy a communion together, we remember the sacrifice that you gave because you loved us. You want to make us whole. You want to bring us back as your people to Genesis 2 where we can walk with you and be free with how you created us, unashamed, intimate. Becoming one with you and each other through the bond of marriage. Amazing. And then this new reality of the church, your family, your community. No dividing wall where we can meet Ife and Sam and Michael and Mr. White and all of the people that you're calling back to holiness And Father, as we take this communion, I pray that we would search our hearts and just repent and say, I'm sorry for waiting and longing for just that one thing that you seemingly are holding out on us. Forgive us for that. And may tonight be a beginning where we live in the fall, but we move forward, seizing that with which you've given us. Your Holy Spirit that cleanses us, washes us, and leads us through the path of righteousness. Because we're your children. That's an amazing truth God. And an amazing hinge of history. Genesis 3 we broke. And then you fix. We choose. And may we choose wisely Lord. And I know there are those here. That have never been reconciled by you. They've heard your name. They know your word. But they've never said. I trust you Lord and for those individuals it's a simple uncomplicated forgive me and come into my heart make me new wash me I'm done with the covering I want the cleansing be my Lord teach me how to walk in love and live and for those of us that maybe has forgiveness issues in our hearts now's a great night to leave that at the communion table Father, thank you for reminding me that I'm just not worth it. I did nothing to earn it. And all through the arc of history and scripture and my life, you've been calling me back to a place of intimacy with you. And thanks for the reminder, Lord. And tomorrow when work gets hard and my brow gets sweaty and My order shows up wrong. May I be reminded that I'm a minister of reconciliation because you reconciled me. And that's an amazing truth. Thanks for fires, Lord. Thank you for sacred conversations. And I pray, Father, that you did what you wanted to do tonight in the hearts of your children. In your son's holy name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, through worship, if you want to partake in some communion, take a piece of bread.